What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be rocking with you. And you know, it's been a little while. I know I feel like I've been saying that uh, a lot recently. It's been a minute since I've been able to get on um, being a graduated college student in my first six months apparently makes you even more busier than what you actually were in college. College was a facade. You thought you were busy all the time. Turns out you spent uh, you know, most of your time playing some uh, <laughs> playing some PlayStation, hanging out with the boys, all of that. Um, but anyway, you know this whole working thing definitely makes me a little bit busier. So today uh, we're gonna just we're gonna I'll, I'll lay it out for you. I've got some thoughts, obviously, on some college football news. We're getting very close. We're now in August. Uh, as of recording this, it is the second. Um, I believe this will be released on the third. So I'm really excited to to go over what has happened and then uh, we'll get some predictions towards the end of the the through um and and do my predictions this year along with uh, some fcs stuff as well of course uh, i know a lot of our fans love the fcs and so we're going to be kind of uh, dabbling there but we're going to start off with this I know that, uh, you know, recently there's been reports and it has actually been confirmed that Texas and Oklahoma, they're jumping ship on the Big 12 and they are joining the SEC in the year 2025 is when their contract runs out. Uh, they, you know, they obviously want to get in there as soon as possible. And I decided when I heard this news, obviously mid end July, when I started seeing the rumors pop up on, on, on Twitter, on, on Instagram, on those kinds of platforms, I said, you know what, I'm just going to wait and see to see if these rumors have validity. One of my biggest, uh, one of the biggest annoyances out there is when people immediately after something happens, they rush to social media, they rush to their shows. I understand you've got three hours to fill on certain talk shows and, and drive time radio. I listen to a ton of podcasts every single day. I get that you need to fill time. I, I totally do. And, and those guys are contractually ovulated three hours. So you're going to obviously give your thoughts and you're going to speculate the wildest speculations. However, I said, I'm not going to do that. I thought about making one last week. I thought about making one the weekend before. I said, you know, what? I want to wait till this all kind of settles down and then I'm going to give you my honest thoughts because I need to sort through my thoughts. Um, one one wise person once told me it is better to be right than it is to be first. Okay, and uh, I I kind of like that that thought that you know get it right, you know, you do it right the first time. You, you're always allowed to switch. Heck, it's my this is my podcast. I'm allowed to switch my opinion when I want, but I want to you know be the most right on it. But I want to you know I'll, I'll wait a little bit. So Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, and there was just outrage uh, across college football. And I believe it was basically into two camps. What is going on? They should not be allowed to leave. And holy crap, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. And they're going to be joining the SEC. That's going to be great, awesome, sweet, etc. Right? And I fell into the camp where I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then I start hearing... You know, the Big Ten reaching out to Pac-12 schools. That the USC-UCLA is, a, you know, a viable rumor. 
Now the Big Ten is kind of in an arms race against uh, against the the SEC to accumulate assets and stuff. And and I thought I'm for it. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am a soccer coach. I like to coach youth soccer. It's one of uh, one of the fun things I like to do in my spare time. So. Because of that, I do talk a lot about soccer on here. I talked about the expansion of of the of you know the relegation style in college football, and I, I stand by that. But when I thought European soccer, I didn't think we were going to be creating a super league. Now let me tell you, I was a hundred percent for the super league when they were talking about it. I love Manchester City. I grew up cheering for Manchester City, so for them to be headlined that they could be a part of a Super League and we get to see them play against Real Madrid, um, you know, Barcelona, Paris Saint Germain, uh, and all the other great teams across Europe, you know, Bayern Munich, I was like, hey, I'm I'm for it. And then of course the fans revolted, were mad and everyone went back to their separate conferences. However, I felt like there was more excitement around Texas and Oklahoma and for the Super Leagues in America than there was for a Super Soccer League in Europe. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll see. And, I, you know, everyone's given, you know, Texas flack that, that you know, what are they doing? That they, the Big 12 had made, you know, a thousand accommodations for them, blah, blah, blah. But look, I think it comes down, I mean, in everything, it comes down to money. But it also comes down to who, what it means. What does it mean? In the SEC, we'll just take, you know what, we're just going to take the top dogs, for example. We'll just go top dogs because, you know, mid to lower SEC, they're really not that good. you got to have a couple teams you need to pound on um, that you've got, you've got to beat year in, year out. But you go Alabama, you're going to say top dog. LSU, top dog. Uh, Auburn, in and out. Texas A&M. Of late, have been good. I mean, obviously, with Johnny Football, they were good. Georgia, uh, Florida, and uh, for whatever reason, Tennessee fans always get mad when you don't mention them. But, you know, Tennessee, of late, no, they have not been relevant. But, you know, in the past, they, they were good, right? The top dogs of the SEC. And they're saying, um, you know, we're going to bring in Oklahoma, a team that you know, hasn't won, I believe it's a BCS game since they won the national championship however many years ago. But they are always relevant. They're always hanging around. And I think there's a big difference between playing even Ole Miss than what it is playing Kansas State. Kansas State, a few years ago, they, have, you know, uh, they kind of went through a rebuilding year. Uh, their, their coach had just left, and they brought in a coach um, from North Dakota State, and uh, Chris Kleiman, they went five and seven the last year, and then all of a sudden, Coach Kleiman comes in, goes eight and five, and and I remember Manhattan, I remember Kansas State fans posting constantly, man, eight and five, that's awesome. They were actually able um, to go eight and four in the regular season. They did lose to Navy in a bowl game, but hey, that's neither here nor there. But uh, Kansas State fans were elated. Texas Tech fans, uh, when they were able to go to a uh, a bowl game under Cliff Kingsbury in 2015 and in 2017, elation in Lubbock. They were so excited to just get to a bowl game. And we'll go with my one of my favorite teams, West Virginia in 2016, won 10 games. Uh, you know, everyone was excited there. 2011, 10 games. You know, they were in and out of bowl games. 
and maybe West Virginia is not the greatest example, but they were excited to get double digits. Uh, Oklahoma State, I remember a few years ago, 2015, 2016, 2017, they won 10 games back to back to back. They were elated that they were able to get 10 wins. And Oklahoma's sitting there, and we're just going to go through since 2011. 10 wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, 8 wins, 11 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, 12 wins, 12 wins, 9 wins, which was last year. Right, which was a goofy year, so we're not going to give it to. We're not going to 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 hurt them on that. And their their level of play is so much higher. It just means more. And I personally think that OU was probably like, hey, they probably called Texas and said, hey, we're thinking about jumping. And Texas said, hey, we're going to sweeten the pot. We have this Longhorn Network deal. We have faithful across the nation. I know that the burnt orange and white will will represent. Let's just do it together. And uh, because really Texas has been irrelevant since Vince Young. I mean, I, I grown up, they had a good year in 2018, but they really have been irrelevant since then. And I, I don't remember the the Texas faithful. I don't remember, uh, you know, my dad was like, oh man, Texas is the worst. I don't remember that because I grew up, I was born in 97. I grew up when they were virtually irrelevant most of my life. We didn't really talk about Texas. So I think they kind of hitched their wagons together. They said, it's better two than one. Uh, Oklahoma will go with you. Which is fine, but I honestly think in the SEC, it means more. I don't think, um, you know, you add Texas and Oklahoma, and I think more so for Oklahoma, but they're I think they're tired of just beating the snot out of teams, you know, 60 to nothing, 63 to nothing. You look at last year. Uh, alone, they were able to put up 62 points at Texas Tech, 62 points against Kansas, uh, 41 points in the Bedlam game. I mean, they were boat racing people. Missouri State gave them a better game than Texas Tech and Kansas. Uh, 48. They held them to 48 points, the, the Missouri State game. And I think that's incredible. And so I honestly, I don't fault Oklahoma for wanting to go. Now, Texas, I honestly think it was more of money and it sweetened the pot and they're bringing it over. Uh, there was a report out today. I saw Clemson and Florida State have reached out to the SEC. I do not know if those rumors are true. Um, and we're just going to kind of sit back and watch that one. But if it means more and the games matter more as far as conference games go, I'm all for it because this is the uh, I'm a college football traditionalist. Yes, because I love I, I love the pageantry of college football. I love, um, you know, when when the games mean something. And quite frankly, I think in the mid to bottom ACC, mid to bottom uh, Big 12, <laughs> you know, outside of the top maybe three teams in the Pac-12, it just doesn't mean anything. Um, you know, Colorado, they're happy going 6-6. Six and six. They're happy going to a bowl game. But if you're USC, you're striving for national championships. If you're Washington, Oregon, University of Utah, you want to win a national championship. Going to the Alamo Bowl is not good enough. Going to Las Vegas Bowl is not good enough for those teams. So I'm all for the Super Conference. And I think, you know, you look at it across almost all sports, you know, uh, as far as uh, some of these things go, if you're, you know what, it's going to mean more, I'm going to compete harder, it's all good. 
I'm just going to do it, and I want you to, and I want to win. Uh, a lot of people talk about fair. Life isn't fair. The system that we have right now isn't fair, and I don't think the system that is going to be set up is going to be fair. I still think that the top dogs are going to constantly win, but does it mean that I get to see Alabama and Oklahoma play outside of you know the end of the season? A hundred percent. I'm going to sign up on board. Now I believe that we need to have two super conferences. If the SEC is really grabbing Clemson and Florida State, and I would imagine consolidating the rest of the ACC outside of you know the northern schools like like a Boston College, and you can maybe consider Virginia a northern school if you want, as far as you know uh, that kind of goes. But if we're going to do the Big Ten versus the SEC, I'm all for it because I honestly think the games will matter more because there's going to be more on the line. There's going to be a national championship on the line. The one thing that I don't like uh, to watch and and their their games. I love watching games, but. There's a lot of times when these teams, uh, a, a decent team, uh, they, you know, they kind of get behind the eight ball of Texas Tech. We'll just take them, for example. Uh, you know, they, they, they get to that seventh loss. You know, there's maybe three games to go, and they kind of just walk through the mo- the, the motions. Uh, they might play a, a Kansas. They might play a, a maybe, a, I don't know, an FCS foe. And they just kind of walk through it, and that's not good football. I don't like watching. I want to watch good football. And if the SEC and the Big Ten decide to do these two super conferences, I believe that the football is going to be elevated. I'm all for it. Uh, NIL, I think, is going to have a huge component to deal with it. I don't think anyone understands the ramifications. Uh, I think there's going to be great consequences for it. I mean, you see that Bryce Young from Alabama, the quarterback, has almost secured, I believe it was like $800,000 in endorsements. That is generational money. Now, he's going to go on to the NFL, but even if he walked away right there, that is generational money. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to have $800,000 in my bank account in my life. Who knows? But that boy was able to get it, and and, and that's amazing that he was able to. There, there, are, there are athletes across the entire nation that are able to get it. Uh, the boys are able to get it, and and it's wonderful. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's great that that we're able to. I saw a couple of BYU uh, boys were able to sign on uh, as far as NIL, and I think that's wonderful. Give the kids the the need. Uh, I know. I honestly think it kind of goes back to, you know, what the government did when they legalized sports gambling. People were doing it. How many times did you tell your friend, you know, hey, I want to bet five bucks on a, on a you know, NFL game? You know, now it's it's legalized. There's not these, I mean, there are obviously still going to be backdoor deals and stuff like that, but it's more out there. It's more apparent. I'm totally for it. And if Oklahoma and Texas feel like, you know, <laughs> I'm tired of beating the snot out of Kansas and Baylor. I want to play a little bit harder. I'm never going to fault a team for doing that. Um, and I know there's another side of the argument, but I don't think keeping everything the same is always good as well. And, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum as far as this goes, but I think that the generation, my generation, uh, I'm only 24 years old, and the younger generation, we've grown up with tech, and tech evolves. I mean, I when getting onto my computer, I had three updates, and things change things move different places it gets faster it gets more efficient and so yeah it's kind of hard for the older generation uh you know this the the, the retirees right now the 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 60 year olds and sometimes even into the 50s 40s you know the the they kind of were able to adapt with with the times but they didn't grow up with cell phones in their pocket at all times they didn't grow up with with 
PlayStations and, and Nintendo Switches and Xbox 360s. They didn't have that. Now they, they were happy playing Atari with just a little joystick. Like, that's where it was. So things are constantly changing. And so maybe that's why I'm a little bit more apt to change as far as that goes. And as a traditionalist, all I care about is if the regular season matters. I don't want to see Oklahoma beat the snot out of Kansas. It's not a fun game. It's funny to watch. You're like, man, how much is Oklahoma going to put up today? But it's not good football. And it's obviously they're playing at a higher level. And I'm sorry, you know, if you've got to get bumped down uh, to the Mountain West, then oh well, like that's that's your prerogative. You you know, get better players, recruit better, have better coaches, have better facilities, put more time and effort into into the facility. Uh, that's kind of my thought as far as that goes. Anyway, so we are going to uh, also talk a little bit of the FCS. Uh, just real quick, we'll get into this, and then uh, we'll do a couple predictions. I've had my entire uh, group of five predictions done, and I'm really excited to share it with you. I think there's going to be a couple of really uh, interesting teams as far as those those go. We'll just uh, rattle them off at the end. Uh, as far as the FCS goes, we are in an era, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, uh, tweets and, and, and coaches I've been able to, to reach out and talk to. It's kind of interesting because they just finished uh, their football season. I mean, it was like a 100-day rest for Sam Houston and uh, South Dakota State. And they're turning around and they're playing, you know, in a couple of weeks. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of storylines that I want to follow. Uh, there's teams like, you know, a Sacramento State, Montana, Montana State, who were absolutely amazing uh, two years ago that did not participate this last spring as far as, you know, regular conference play goes. Does that you know, help them or hurt them? Uh, what is the Ivy League going to look like? Uh, you know, they haven't played in X amount of days. And usually, I mean, I know Princeton uh, was pretty good a few years ago. And I want to see, you know, kind of Dartmouth, where those guys are at. We kind of forget about them uh, because they're not in it. Uh, as much, but we have this new conference, the A Sun, that's doing the crossover with the WAC. Obviously, um, I always have to, to lodge this chief complaint. I'm, I'm, I'm upset that Weber State did not join the WAC. I understand that they've been in the, the big sky, but I honestly think how great it would have been to have Weber State, SUU, UVU, and Dixie State um, all in one conference together as far as as far as far Utah goes. Uh, in Arizona, it's just NAU at the FCS level. Uh, Idaho and Idaho State, they're able to be together. Montana, Montana State. Uh, and... You know, even even if you want to go to the to the PNW, Eastern Washington, Portland State, they're they're kind of you know joined at the hip, uh, and I'm I'm just kind of disappointed. I wish that Weber State would have joined joined the WAC. I think it would have given the WAC uh, a really big team. I mean, I think Weber State you know runs through the WAC. I, I don't even think it's competitive. Ah, I mean we have Sam Houston State. I take that back. But you know they 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 probably are co-champions or champions of the WAC. But it would have been so much more entertaining. But instead they elected to stay in the big sky. Uh, another kind of complaint, uh, I put it up on Twitter. I'm upset, uh, okay, not upset, but annoyed that uh, Dixie State and SGU are not playing. We didn't get the Red Rock rivalry last year. We have to wait again. Everyone else played. I believe soccer played each other. I, I know basketball did. I watched it, boys and girls, I believe. And uh, we run them against them in cross country. We actually, they're, they're on their course. Last year, they actually ran at our course at San Hollow, uh, 
golf course out in beautiful Hurricane, Utah. Wonderful course. But we race against each other, and, and we're against each other. And it's so much fun because it's a team just 60 minutes north of St. George or 60 minutes south of Cedar City, if you want to look at it from the SUU perspective. And uh, we don't get to see each other again. Like, you know, if, if neither one of them, obviously Dixie is, is ineligible. I believe they're ineligible to qualify for the, the playoff this year just because it's their technically second year in the FCS. I think they have to have um, a four-year kind of moratorium or waiting. And, uh, you know, if SUU's out of it, and, you know, we're in November, forget the last couple games of the seasons. Let's schedule it. Even even in December, do a Southern Utah Bowl. Uh, obviously do it in St. George because it, I don't want to go to Cedar and there's going to be snow and, you know, I can be a St. George snob. It's beautiful down here, nice and warm in December, comparable comparatively to Cedar, which probably will have two to three feet of snow up there. Uh, do a little, do a little bowl down here. I think it would be absolutely fun. That is kind of uh, my my uh, FCS news and stuff. I would love to do who I think is going to win, uh, like I did two years ago, and even a little bit last year. But it's going to be so difficult uh, with the transfer portal on top of everyone getting their year of eligibility back. I think I want to give it a couple of weeks uh, before I start making predictions. Obviously, we'll do the over-unders and our you know top five picks of the week uh, as we go forward with the season. But those are kind of my thoughts as far as... Uh as far as the FCS goes, we're going to roll through a couple of um, the my predictions as far as uh, the group of five go. Uh, I really think that there's a couple of really interesting uh, teams. And in, in, in the American, the Mountain West, I think Boise State's going to get snapped up, hopefully into the Big Ten or the Pac-12 or wherever they end up. I hope they don't stay in the Mountain West. Same with Cincinnati. I think UCF should be offered uh, something to be able to go up into the play with the big boys. You could even throw in Memphis there uh houston of course being a texas school i think we could we could really have um you know add some fun teams and don't forget about appalachian state uh, i am a huge near fan as they call it uh i i love them i think they're a very entertaining team and since from coming from the fcs to the fbs they've been incredibly entertaining and they are they've been good and you can't argue with with app state anyway um my biggest surprise team we'll do my biggest surprise team and i think the team that that uh you know that i that i really like coming out of the aac this year that not a lot of people are talking about we're gonna go go teams maybe obscure teams that that don't get the publicity um that most you know other teams will i want to go with the east carolina pirates i believe in the third year of mike houston they will become bowl eligible i think that um playing they have fairly winnable games as far as non-conference goes app state South Carolina, Marshall, and Charleston Southern. Uh, I think App State, South Carolina will be tough. Marshall, uh, you know, they're in kind of a transition year uh, with Doc Holliday being out. Same thing with Ohio. Uh, normally I pick Ohio and Marshall both very high. It's going to be difficult for me to do that this year just because transition year with COVID, I don't know who, what these coaches are. And uh, you have a plethora of talent at those schools, but can you kind of bring it together? I want to go with coaches that have recruited and have been in the system for, you know, head coaches for two, three, four years. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I, I really think ECU is going to be really good. I think, uh, they play a couple of the the big boys. They obviously play UCF. Uh, they are on the road against Memphis. They are on the road against Houston. 
and they pull Cincinnati at home. Uh, however, uh, Houston is uh, coming off a bye, and so is ECU. That game, I think uh, I'm taking ECU to actually win that game right now preseason. Obviously, can switch it up just because uh, Houston will then have SMU at home the week after. And I think it's this is a really uh, you know overlookable game. Houston kind of goes to lane by ECU, SMU. I think SMU will be undefeated. Uh, potentially, depending on how that TCU game comes out. But, uh, you know, I think if, if they beat TCU, they're, I personally think they're going to be undefeated going into Houston. I think that will be really easy for Houston to overlook ECU and kind of uh, sweep them under the rug. Uh, and so I'm, I'm definitely, I'm hedging my bet there. I do really, really like ECU this upcoming year, uh, getting back to full eligibility and... Uh, you know, making a little bit of noise in the American Athletic Conference. Now, um, I do, this is another team that I have becoming bowl eligible, and it is the Fresno State Bulldogs. Uh, three years ago in 2018, they went 12-2. and They were amazing. Um, they actually played against Boise State and won in the Mountain West title game. I remember watching it, super snowy game. It was really kind of a crazy game. Uh, the year after, they went to in 2019 they went four and eight Jeff Ted Forford ends up leaving and uh, last year they went three and three beating Colorado State UNLV Utah State and losing to Hawaii Nevada and New Mexico which was kind of an embarrassment to lose to New Mexico New Mexico is not traditionally very good anyway um I personally think this team gets back to it uh, again uh, they have four games I think uh, as far as non-conference goes they'll split it I think it's UConn Oregon Cal Poly UCLA I think they go two and two there they then get UNLV and Hawaii. I think they're you know four and two going into the bye, and you pull the three you know three really tough teams, uh, four sorry four tough teams in a row, uh, New Mexico, and then you get a week before San Jose State. Now San Jose State is good; they're the defending Mountain Mountain West national champions or sorry champions, but I think that uh, it will be difficult uh, for San Jose to stay locked in. I think it was kind of of an, of an aberration year, but I do like that team. Now, like I said, uh, as far as the um, Sunbelt goes, I want to talk about App State. Love App State. Give them a shout-out. I personally think that this team could uh, really go undefeated. I, I think that... Uh uh, they they have a chance here. They do play Miami at Miami, and these this the Appalachian State they're they're the big dog. Uh, they're beaters. They they beat they almost beat Penn State a couple of years ago in Happy Valley. Uh, they played well against Georgia. They they win uh, against these these top teams as well. And I think that uh, you cannot sleep uh, on on them. The last time they played Miami, however, they did lose uh, 45 to 10 back in 2016. But I think it's going to be close. I don't know. Um, I think that they could lose to Miami. And I think the, the game at Louisiana is very interesting. This is a team that could potentially go undefeated. Definitely be watching the Mountaineers down in the Sun Belt. I know they're a little bit more, uh, you know, most people know their names. Uh, they've heard about them, but they're definitely one team that I really like. Moving on to the CUSA, I absolutely love the UTSA Roadrunners. Um, they have another very winnable schedule that I think uh, I think they're probably double digits, if not 9-3. and three. Uh, They do play at Illinois uh, and at Memphis. I don't think they'll win both of those games. I think those two teams are, are difficult as far as, you know, the Roadrunners go. This is a team that's um, 
barely, I mean, we're talking about a team that just barely joined the FBS. I believe it was back in uh, 2011, if I remember correctly. Uh, so they've been around a decade now, which is crazy. But uh, they've been to two um, bowl games, uh, you know, in that short time. Uh, a lot of teams that have been in the FBS have never been to uh, a bowl game. But I think this is a team, if they can beat um, Illinois, which they definitely have the team to do it, uh, we're looking at a game at Memphis, and I think that they could roll through the rest of their conference. They do play home against UAB. It's the end of the season. It will be definitely an emotional game. Definitely tune into that. And finally, <clears throat> we're going to be moving on to the MAC. And uh, I know that Ball State was really good last year, but we're going to be talking about the Toledo Rockets. They do pull Notre Dame, which I think they're going to lose. And uh, I think they actually lose to Ball State, but I think they win the rest. I think they're a 10-2 to 11-1 team. The only reason why I say Ball State is it's at Ball State, uh, coming off of, a, I believe, a tough game against Colorado State at home in the glass bowl for the Rockets. But I really do like this Toledo team. They bring back 21 starters, which is just absolutely insane. I mean, if you saw this in a regular year, you'd be like, yeah, Toledo runs away with it. But what's crazy is that um, Ball State returns 20. Um, Central Michigan returns 20. Uh, Eastern Michigan returns 21. Uh, Northern Illinois returns 19. There's so much returning starter and, and experience. It's going to be hard uh, to predict these. I'm definitely going to be doing it on a week-to-week -week basis. We'll still do our five best bets of the week. We like to do two to three power five and then two to three um, group of five, depending. And then obviously the FCS, we like to give five locks. It's sometimes hard to get to five, but it's kind of our, our number that we like to use on this. So those are your teams. We've got Toledo, App State, Fresno State, ECU uh, looking uh, really good, and I think they're all locks to get to bowl games, and I'm excited to watch these teams going forward. And of course, my alma mater, it's their first year. I mean, last year they played Tarleton twice. They played New Mexico State once and in Kenosha State. So I want to see the alma mater. Uh, we're bringing in Sacramento State, starting off very strong in just a few weeks against them at in the in the oh shoot Greater Zion Stadium. I almost said uh, the old name of of Trailblazer Stadium down here in beautiful sunny St. George. I'm excited to watch that, and I'm excited you know to travel. I've spoke with my brother. We might be going on the road for a few games. Uh, obviously, trying to get some media passes to get down to them. Uh, you know, I've been able to talk to. A couple of, of, of people and uh, get out on the field, meet some people, uh, do some great interviews, and, and just get ready for football being back. The first official little bit. So, kind of to conclude, we talked a little bit about Texas, Oklahoma. I like it. I, I want. I would love to see super conferences. I don't want people to get left out. Um, like if Appalachian State ends up in the American or whatever is left of whatever, uh, I think there needs to be able to be a chance to get into the two power conferences if that's the way we're going. Uh, but I do like it. I think it makes every game a little bit more meaningful. And it's a better television product for sure. And I think that's why the NFL works so well is that every single week matters in the NFL. I mean, it really does. If you're If you're... A playoff team and that's why they expanded to seven um, because not only does it give you more games and more football but it makes every game matter a little bit more I mean the Dolphins the, the Raiders they, they were great teams last year just barely on the outside Cleveland squeaks in and Cleveland then beats Pittsburgh I mean it's kind of crazy how how the NFL is I think college football I don't want I want it to still be separate 
but I do like the urgency that they're trying to find in, in expanding the SEC. So that has been another edition of Get the Ball Rolling. Continue to, to patronize our um, our podcast. We're doing wonderful things. I cannot believe the download numbers uh, in just a couple of years doing this. I mean, last year, I, it was tough. I mean, we all went through the pandemic, but we were able to grow significantly, and we're looking for another exponential growth. Very grateful for you guys. Be sure to tell your family and your friends about this podcast. If you like college football, this is the place for you. In the fall, we'll be switching it up between FBS and FCS usually releasing on Tuesdays and Thursdays is what we did two years ago. We'll see what happens this next year and and how it all comes out depending on, uh, you know, how, how, yeah, exactly how the season goes. Anyway, also, we, I, if you want to hear more from me, uh, be sure to listen to the Orange and Blue podcast, Strictly Talking Boise State with uh, Jeff and Tyler. Uh, have a co-host there. And then we're also doing, if you like Utah high school football, uh, there will be a Sling in the Pill podcast as well. We're going to be talking everything high school. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, definitely tune into that to see kind of what happens there. Thank you guys so much for for listening and uh, continue like, uh, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on all of our socials. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe and let's keep the ball rolling.